What's going on, guys? Welcome back to One Stop Shop. Let's get right into this episode. How the hell are we doing? It's Monday. It's the beginning of March. It's a new month. Let's get after it. And just trying to stay positive. I've been going through a lot recently, just kind of doubting myself and what I'm going to be doing in the near future. It's a lot to think about, especially for someone my age out of college. And jobs are hard to come by these days, so you just got to stay positive and hope that you're just doing your part to try to find something that you want to do. So besides that, welcome back to One Stop Shop. The Knicks have been playing very well as of late. We're on a recent three-game winning streak, and they have been very impressive, especially with a brand-new coach in Tom Thibodeau and being able to take talent that is fairly young and create a bond amongst them that's obviously working on the court. Julius Randle finally getting the shine that he deserves. He'll be in the All-Star game representing the Knicks. And he's just having a crazy season. And last night he had 25 points. And is obviously contributing on a nightly basis at this point. And, yeah, who would have thought that the Knicks would be one game over five hundred at this point in the season right before the All-Star break? I was expecting a lot different at the beginning of the year, but we're happy that we have this record right now and we're the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. That's fucking crazy. Like, we haven't been this good since 2012, 2013. Obviously, when we had Carmelo leading the way, but it's a new feel for the Knicks. Derrick Rose last night, 14 points in 32 minutes. Three rebounds, five assists, two blocks. R.J. Barrett, another solid performance last night, 21 points. Two for four from three-point range, five rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. Like I said before, Julius Randle, 25 points, 3 for 6 from 3-point range. 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and a block last night for the All-Star. Last night, Frank Nedelikinia made a pretty big defensive play very late in the game that would put the game out of reach. The Pistons had a little energy down the stretch, but the Knicks were able to come out with the 109-90 to victory. They're third in a row, and the Knicks are looking really good last night. Emmanuel quickly off the bench, 16 minutes last night, 12 points, and one for two from three-point range, two rebounds. And... It's a theme of 
Tom Thibodeau to basically have a group of guys that he trusts and then they kind of play together. So they obviously get more minutes as veteran players compared to a rookie, but quickly is obviously contributing to the Knicks on a nightly basis. And he's been playing great. And I hope that he can get some more playing time. That's all. He's an exciting young player, and the Knicks need exciting players on their team. Obviously, R.J. Barrett in his second season. He's been playing pretty well this year, a lot better than last year, and he's proven to be an all-around type scorer. And then Reggie Bullock, who doesn't get the credit that he deserves, was in the starting lineup last night. He knocked down all three three-pointers that he attempted. Five rebounds, three assists. And he's been a very good player for us. He can knock down threes whenever he's open, pretty much. He's a spot-up spot, spot up shooter. And, yeah, he's been a good shooter. Alec Burks, 16 points last night off the bench. Two for five from three-point range. Three assists and a steal. He's been really good for them off the bench, providing extra offense when necessary. And he is very clutch from three-point range also. So having those players being able to shoot gives us extra points off the bench, and obviously that leads to more wins than not if they're shooting pretty well. So... Yeah, obviously, pretty hype about the Knicks. That goes without needing to be said. And it's pretty crazy to say that the Knicks could make a little playoff run this year. Who knows what the hell this team is capable of. They've been playing better than most of the better teams in the Western Conference when they've played them. And they've been beating most of the teams that they've been playing as of late. So it's something that Nick fans look at as something that we could grow on and that our team is going to get better over the next couple of years. And hopefully they could get better to the point that free agents will want to come to New York like, maybe we can attract Devin Booker or somebody like that. And Bradley Beal potentially has been in rumors to be going to the Knicks in potential trades. I've been reading in articles and stuff like that, but there's nothing promised in the sports world. But just seeing the videos of fans outside the Garden after the Knicks won last night, it was honestly like we won a championship or something like they were hype and honestly it's something that Nick fans have been waiting for for a really long time to see a really decent team and we finally have something to actually watch and not be ashamed of so yep that's all that I got to say about the Knicks, I'm hype. And as a Knicks fan, 
my whole entire life. Like, we've only had brief periods of really good basketball. And this is one of them. So, I'm hyped. I'm hyped to see how the season goes from here. And, yeah. The next game is tomorrow against San Antonio. In San Antonio at 8.30. And, yeah, some other basketball from yesterday. A really good game between Milwaukee and the L.A. Clippers. It really had some playoff vibes in this game. Giannis had a great game, 36 points, 15 for 27 from the field, 4 for 6 from the free throw line, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 4 blocks, 40 minutes last night for Giannis. Dante DiVincenzo, 11 points last night, 7 rebounds, 1 steal. Chris Middleton, who should have been an all-star, 19 points, 2 for 5 from 3, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. For the Clippers, Kawhi had 25 points, 2 for 6 from 3-point range, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. Serge Ibaka, 15 points, 3 for 7 from 3-point range. 11 rebounds, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Paul George, 16 points, 2 for 10 from 3-point range. Oh, shit. Not a good night for Paul George. Uh, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 block. Lou Will, 14 points. One for three from three. Two rebounds, four assists, one steal. The Celtics took on the Washington Wizards. They won 111 to 110. I saw some highlights of this game that looked crazy. Bradley Beal, 46 points. Three for six from three. Seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, and one block. He really filled up the stat sheet last night. Russell Westbrook, 24 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, one steal, and a block. They really did most of the scoring last night amongst the starters. (laughs) The other three starters combined had two points. That's Pretty crazy. For the Celtics, though, Jason Tatum had a really solid game. 31 points, 3 for 10 from 3-point range, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. Daniel Tice, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. Kemba, 21 points, 3 for 7 from 3, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 5 rebounds. 
and they won by one point. So the Celtics are honestly playing kind of like the Knicks this year. They're winning a couple games in a row, and then they would lose a couple games in a row. And obviously they were without Jason Tatum for a period of time, and he's like the heart and soul of Celtics. But they have a lot of good players on the Celtics, so they shouldn't really just be losing because Jason Tatum's out, but he really does play a factor in them losing games early on in the season when he had to deal with the COVID protocols and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's that. The Celtics are obviously one of the better teams when they're playing well, so they're right behind the Knicks at the moment by a half game. All right, Uh, another really good game last night. Golden State took on the Lakers. LeBron had 19 points. Three for five from three. Six rebounds, four assists, two steals, two blocks. Dennis Schroeder, 12 points. Caldwell Pope, nine points. Kyle Kuzman, 12 points off the bench last night. 11 rebounds, one steal. And yeah, the Lakers were really dominating the Warriors in this game. They were up 20 points early on in the game in the first quarter. After the first quarter, they were up 20 points. And then they basically added to that. In second, outscoring them by nine in the second. And they would take a lead into halftime, and they wouldn't let up on them. And they won 117 to 91. Golden State, they are slowly falling into the bottom tier of the Western Conference. And obviously, this year they don't have Clay Thompson. And I saw some Stephen A. Smith video this morning that basically said that the Warriors are no question going to make the finals when they have Klay Thompson back. And that is probably true because when they both are on the court, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, the Splash Brothers put up some of the most insane performances from three-point range and without Clay Thompson they miss a lot in their offensive strategy so right now Golden State's 19 and 16 and they're in the eighth spot they have a little breathing room because the Mavericks are not really that good they're not all that they're cracked up to be. They're 16 and 16, and they're outside of the playoffs. And that really sucks because Luka Doncic is one of my favorite players at the moment. I find him very entertaining, and he could really be a superstar in the NBA. 
and he already is on the rise. But I feel like he's not going to be a maverick long term because they're just not the team that he needs them to be. And I love Mark Cuban. I love Shark Tank. And Mark Cuban's a really influential person that I've looked to for inspiration before. And he just doesn't get the free agents that he needs. And they draft okay, but they really, like, don't add pieces to their offense that... Or not even their offense, but, like, their team that help Luka besides Kristaps, who we know has his injury-prone side of him, obviously from his time as a Nick. And, yeah, it's honestly something that's probably going to happen. Luka's probably going to find a different team. Would he ever go to the Knicks? That would be insane. I'm just speculating here. But, you know, that would honestly not surprise me because the Knicks would potentially be a better fit for him if he decides to leave the Mavericks. So that was just a thought that came to my mind. But last night, LaMelo Ball, he had a solid game. He had 24 points last night. He's been playing very well this year. Obviously, it's his rookie season, and he's really young. But he is showing that he is more than just a shooter. He's a really good passer. He looks to pass like Lonzo pretty similarly. He had 12 assists last night, one block, four rebounds. And he was 7 for 12 from the field. P.J. Washington had 42 points, 15 for 23 from the field, 5 for 8 shooting from three-point range. Nine rebounds, two assists, two steals. Malik Monk off the bench for the Hornets, 21 points. Four assists, five rebounds. And the Hornets would win 127-126 to 126 against the Sacramento Kings. The Hornets are one of those teams that are almost at a 500 record. They're 16-17 and 17 currently. And they could potentially get into the playoffs with their record. They're second in their division. And they're eighth in the Eastern Conference at the moment. And obviously the Eastern Conference is as close as it could possibly be. The Knicks are the four spot. And they're four and a half out of the first seeded 76ers. And then the Nets follow them and they're a half game out. So from the Knicks down, it's a half game. And then three teams are basically tied for the fifth spot. So, it's very close in the Eastern Conference. Basically, you lose one game and you could potentially be bumped down a couple seeds. So, yeah. But that's enough basketball talk.
So this past weekend, there were a lot of good fights going on. Canelo Alvarez fought in Miami, and he won. Big shocker. He beat Avni Yildrum by technical knockout, and he basically just showed that he was on a completely different level than this guy that he was fighting. And, yep, he kept the WBC and WBA super middleweight titles. And right after he beat that guy, um, it was announced in the ring with Eddie Hearn, who was the head of The Zone, that he would be fighting in a title unification bout against Billy Joe Saunders on May 8th. And it basically showed that Canelo will not back down from any of the top fighters in his division. And he's on a different level than most other fighters. Obviously, his trainer is a world-class trainer, Eddie Reynoso. He trains Ryan Garcia and Oscar Valdez from a couple weeks ago who won his title. So obviously Canelo has a lot of good people in his corner and he trains like no one can ever imagine. We've only seen videos of him training on like YouTube and stuff like that, but he looks like he gives it his all every single day. He has a different work ethic and obviously Ryan Garcia trains with him now. So he's trying to get onto that level and not saying that he won't one day, but with Canelo's help, it's definitely a leg up to uh, become one of the greats in the sport like Canelo. And yeah, he's a very exciting fighter and he's very calculated and he basically was able to break this guy down and it was in the third round of 12 rounds. And basically, he was able to get him between his gloves because his peripheral vision was basically blocked. So he was basically able to get him right on the jaw, right in between his gloves, and was able to drop him. And then his corner was very hesitant to let him go out for the fourth round, and the bell rang while he was still in his corner and Canelo was announced the winner. It was pretty crazy. And I'm a big fan of Canelo, so obviously I was glad that he won. So that's that. A little more boxing news. Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua close to agreeing to a fight deal. Insane. Heavyweight title unification fight. And this would be one of the biggest fights just because they're two English fighters. And obviously they have their different demographics that they're bringing to this fight.
and Tyson Fury is a savage, and I don't know who can stop him. Obviously, he was able to dismantle Deontay Wilder the second time that they fought, and I hope that they eventually have that trilogy because I'm sure that everyone around the world wants to see them fight one more time. They both have a win over each other. But Anthony Josh was one of the best boxers in the world. He's 24 and 1, 22 knockouts. He's the IBF, WBA, WBO champion. And Tyson Fury is 30 and 0 and 1 draw, 21 knockouts. And he's the WBC champion, so this would unify the heavyweight division. And, yeah, Tyson Fury hasn't fought since he beat Deontay Wilder in February 2020, and that was obviously right before COVID really stopped everything. So, looking forward to seeing Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua fight, and... It doesn't have a specific date, but looking forward to that. Uh, another fight that was announced, Antonio Tarver, who was a former champion boxer in two divisions. He's going to be fighting former UFC heavyweight champion Frank Mir on the Jake Paul Ben Askren undercard. And that is honestly, that's a crazy fight that stylistically I feel like could go a lot of different ways. Obviously, Frank Mir is known for his submission victories in MMA and the UFC. And Antonio Tarver is a champion boxer. So props to Frank Mir for stepping in there and fighting A legit boxer. And in a quote that Frank Mir wrote in a tweet, I am a competitor. I have been all my life. I'll take on challenges to grow and better myself as a person. I've always wanted to test myself in the boxing ring. So when this opportunity arose, I jumped on it. And yeah, Frank Mir is one of the best. In UFC history, but I guess we'll have to see. And obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing the Jake Paul-Ben Askren fight. I just want to see it happen already. I'm, like, very interested in seeing how Ben Askren performs in this. Obviously, we've seen Jake Paul more often than Ben Askren in the last couple of years. And Ben Askren is not known for being a boxer. He's a wrestler. And he's a former champion in Bellator and 1FC, which is uh, a promotion in Asia. So I guess we'll have to see. But I don't think he wants to let Jake Paul turn him into a meme, but it's inevitable, probably. Logan Paul, on the other hand, They said that his fight with Floyd Mayweather is going to happen. And Showtime Boxing, 
actually stepped in, so it's going to be like a legit boxing fight. And he said that on his podcast last week, and that's honestly crazy for Logan Paul because that would honestly be one of the most insane things to ever happen if he can make Floyd Mayweather's undefeated record go away even though that it's probably a non-sanctioned uh, bout and would probably not go on his record because he is saying that it's probably going to be an exhibition, but that's that. Jorge Masvidal sparked a lot of interest yesterday when he announced that he would be fighting Kamaru Usman probably in September. And on a full camp, I guess, we'll see how Masvidal is able to go up against Kamaru, who honestly looks like he could be an unstoppable force in the welterweight division. But... I guess we'll have to wait and see for that. But this weekend, we got Jan Blahovich facing Israel Adesanya for the light heavyweight championship. Israel Adesanya going for his second belt in a different division. And Amanda Nunes is also fighting on this card. She's... The uh, Bantamweight champion, I believe. And she's facing Megan Anderson. And she's a very accomplished fighter also. So that's going to be a crazy fight. And then Aljamain Sterling, who's from Long Island, New York... He's facing Peter Yan for the Bantamweight Championship. Obviously, I'm rooting for the Long Island guy at that point. And, yep. Amanda Nunes is the featherweight champion. My bad. And, yeah. On the prelims, Dominic Cruz, who is a legend in the sport, he's 22-3, and three, been around forever. Former champion, facing Casey Kenny, 16-2-1 and two and one on his career. And then you got Song Yadong versus Kyler Phillips. Kyler Phillips is a very exciting upstart, 8-1. and one. Song Yadong, 16-4-1. and, four and one. Joseph Benavidez. 28-7, fighting Askar Askarov. And then we also got a lot of early prelims. Some guys from City Kickboxing, who is Israel Adesanya's home gym in New Zealand. Kai Kara France taking on Rogerio Bontorin. He's an exciting fighter, Kai Kara France. He's 21 and 9. 
Tim Elliott, longtime fighter in the UFC, 17-11-1, taking on Jordan Espinoza. Another city kickboxing guy, Carlos Olberg, 5-0, taking on Kennedy Nezchuko. If I butchered that, I'm sorry. Then we got Jake Matthews, longtime fighter in the UFC, 17-4, taking on Sean Brady, 13-0. That should be a good fight. And yeah, that should be a great fight. It's filled with title fights, three title fights. And Israel Adesanya could potentially leave with two championships and be the champion of two different weight divisions. That would honestly be insane. And obviously I'm rooting for him. I'm a huge style bender fan. And I guess we'll have to wait and see. And that's been a theme of this podcast. We're going to have to wait and see about a lot of shit. And we're going to have to wait and see if Stylebender can go up and wait and wait for John Jones to be the heavyweight champion in a year or so and see if he can become the three-division champion. No, I'm kidding. But that would be insane. But anyway, this week, Supreme is releasing the Nike SB Dunks in four different colorways. There's a brown colorway, black, neon green, and blue. And I'm probably going to go for the green pair. They said that that's probably going to be the least popular, so that probably gives me the best chance to get a pair of these Dunks. I don't really care what color I'm going to get. But I'm going to go for green. I like green stuff. So it's kind of like a different color. So I'm going to go for that. I hope everybody has a good shot at getting them. It's on Supreme at 11 a.m. on Thursday. And then Palace drops Friday. They have drop every week. Friday, 11 a.m., palaceskateboards.com. Kith is going to be doing a collaboration with Notorious B.I.G. pretty soon. I mentioned this in an earlier episode, but looking forward to that. They did a collection about like a year ago, probably a little bit more than a year, something like that. And I wasn't able to cop anything from it because it sold out really quickly. So looking forward to trying to get something this time around. And other than that, just trying to stay positive. And keep it moving. It's getting pretty boring. It's coming up on a year of pretty much doing nothing. And I'm trying to figure it out. I really am. And it just takes some time sometimes. 
and I always figure it out. And that's all. And I'm young and I'm healthy and I feel like I got the world for my taking and I'm going to start doing big things soon. And I just need some opportunities to get back to work and prove that this isn't a practice life. Like, I'm trying to make this my best life. And I'm not trying to settle for anything less than something that I consider a goal or my dream or a passion of mine, which is sports. And my goal is to be working in the sports world for the foreseeable future. And I want to get back to normal. I want an opportunity to be great. And I know everybody feels like this and you can feel like you're stuck in a rut or something, but it's the insane internal resolve and courage and strength to put yourself out there and not let anyone affect your trajectory in life. And this has been an episode of One Stop Shop. Peace out, guys.